Hello and welcome back to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten and I'm here with Parks Miller. Yo! Today we're doing a sports dump and I, it, it is sports. It is sports. This is a perfect, we were just talking about how we want to do more sports and this is a perfect segue. Yeah, because um, it's fucking perfect. It's right, yeah, uh, there's, and I mean a lot of dumps probably happened from this. <laughs> I actually looked into that. We're not going to spend too much time on that aspect, but mm-hmm. I did, of course, look into that. Uh, but we're talking about Takeru Kobayashi today, uh, known frequently as just Kobayashi or Kobe. Uh, we'll be using all those interchangeably. Um, and he, oh, well, you know what? Hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. First, we want to do a big shout out. I don't want to use his full name because I don't know if that's cool. But Richard, Richard K out there, you know, serving overseas. He sent us a really awesome package. He sent us some of those military pogs that we mentioned that they use as currency at, at air, like you know army and air force bases and stuff uh awesome man thank you so much and and thanks for all that you do over there on the men women and others of the of the armed forces you know it was it was just yeah. veterans day just passed i know that this episode will come out later but thinking about right. y'all and uh yeah thank, th- you, thank you so yeah. much and i gotta just you know tears me up it's pretty cool that shit, absolutely I, yeah that we're getting listeners like that you know yes. overseas and just of such a specific thing with the the military pogs to have <laughs> that come back full circle and actually receive some i mean that is that's really cool it so. it's it's very cool and there was some other cool stuff in there too like uh, our own personalized culture dumps dog tags uh which which is awesome so Anyways, back to the matter at hand here, Kobayashi. So he was a professional eater, but not just a professional eater. He was the professional eater. And I know that this seems really niche, but it's not. This guy was everywhere during his heyday. Yeah, this guy was everywhere um, when Ryan brought up the topic. Of course, I mean, that's pretty much all I knew was Kobayashi. Um, I did know, like just barely any so really he is kind of the most famous one and that is there and that's why it's a perfect dump because he really did hit that moment where everyone kind of knew about it for a second right there's a whole professional competitive eating world and that's what we're going to get into yes and and why why is this the dump i mean if if you can't figure it out already you know uh just off the top but it's kind of like a sick and twisted comment on american pastimes and also there's all these examples throughout the story of american style racism rearing its ugly head and kobayashi single stomachly turned a goofy annual event into a full-fledged professional sport and like so many megastar athletes before him, he suffered a tragic fall at the hands of industry fat cats who did everything in their power to curb his achievements. He's a true anomaly in the vein of vaudeville freak shows. Takiro Kobayashi is a celebrity unlike any the world has seen before or since. And that's yeah, why mean, this is a yeah. the dumb. He's the the Michael Jordan of Chug and Dog. Yeah. Um, and he's... <laughs> Sounds like my um, ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> But I do, yeah, you, you mentioned vaudeville, and that's what's interesting because, I mean, first off, you got Nathan's Hot Dogs, which is this incredibly old company, you know, Coney Island. So there are these... Yeah, it's at Coney call, Island, this contest. There's these yeah. callbacks to, you know, the turn of the century, um, but then there's this modernization, at least at the time of the, of again, of another turn of the century of reality TV and 
sort of the boundaries of uh, what is there was some entertainment on TV. Yeah, yeah. So there, yeah, freak show, especially. Yeah, there's that element to it. I will say also, and we'll get into this more, but one big thing about it is that, again, if you're not a weirdo like us getting down this stuff, <laughs> you really do. There are a lot of assumptions about professional eating, which I had some of those shattered. And one thing is, is that you need to be in good shape to that's be good great at this. I, yeah it's and true. that is a huge thing i didn't realize and there's just this whole training regimen to this professional competitive eating thing and that's what kobayashi like really he perfected innovated. it he perfected it yeah right yeah he didn't invent it he perfected it uh it's mm -hmm. like an arby's commercial about fucking pastrana oh yeah and yeah speaking of food oh, you, you were mentioning that arby's yeah. vodka the french there fry is, why would they make Arby it french fries instead of roast beef that's what they're no they got the meats well i they do but they have like they're curly fries i mean they're the only they're fast good. food establishment that has curly fries but yeah i mean no this no jack in the box ah uh, see i don't have jack in the box out here or oh. if i do it's not there's not in the city of atlanta so i right. to me <laughs> arby's regional treat yeah, it might be a regional thing, but uh, our, the curly fry to me is the only. But anyway, that is just like a it does play in nicely because we're talking about food here. And, you know, Arby's French fry flavored vodka. I mean, it's too oh, it's man. too soon to say whether it's a dump or not. Uh, you know, maybe this is the start of a of a brave new world. I feel like someone got legacy. wasted. They got wasted. They went to Arby's. Like they they drank a ton of vodka, went to Arby's, ate a bunch, then went home and threw up. And as it was coming up, they're like, "That's kind of bomb." That's kind of and good. so like I could, like, I could bottle this puke. Um, <laughs> and and that's actually what's also cool is that there's two flavors. There's crinkle and curly. So if that's not a mind fuck, I mean, can you <laughs> can you taste the difference of crinkle and curly without the texture? And I don't know. Can you put that taste into vodka? So I might have to try this stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, everyone I have to get a bottle of each just to see what the difference is. Tag Arby's so we could get like uh, you know I'll make a post or something on our Instagram and everyone can tag Arby's and we can get do like a taste test, blind the Pepsi challenge, but Arby's French fry vodka. Uh, yeah. All right, so Kobayashi's humble and hungry beginnings. Born on March 15, 1978 in Nagano, Japan, Takiro Kobayashi grew up in a fairly normal household and was not born with any spectacular deformities or abilities that would later aid him in his culinary triumphs. He claims that his first experiences eating mass amounts of food very quickly occurred during his school days. Being an attractive young fellow, girls he went to school with would often bring him different dishes and treats to show their affection. And not wanting to be rude, Kobayashi would devour all of the edible gifts uh, that he was brought before the school day was done. Right. So this, I want to say, first <laughs> off, Pimp. I love I love this. And um, we should mention that there is a great uh, documentary series, ESPN 30 for 30, that sure. we watched that has a lot of this information. Um, and he describes this in the documentary and there is this funny little dramatic reenactment or it might have actually been real footage i think it was actually maybe footage of him like getting when yeah. he was in high school get and i don't know why but i had to text ryan and be like that is so awesome yeah <laughs> like, you're just that chicks you are just have bringing chicks you bring gifts you... of food and yeah. you're just eating all of it i Fucking don't know why bento that... boxes and shit just i don't all... know why that tickles me but yeah. i love it <laughs> 
tickles you. Yeah, you know, it tickles me. Th- this whole thing is kind of wholesome. You know, this is a, this is a semi wholesome dump. Uh, even just, though he's going to, even though there is this incredibly grotesque food devouring thing, and watching the people do it is is like, like horrendous. controversial. Yeah. But Kobayashi, he is a sweetheart. Yes, yeah, a, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, yeah, d- totally. And yeah, th- there's a great thirty for thirty. It's season four. It's called uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Hungry. And like that's where that was a, a big source of information, uh, you know, for, for us. Um, so you know, his friends realized that he had a unique gift, and soon he was being bought meals at restaurants so he could scarf them as fast as possible for the entertainment of onlookers. And before we keep going with Kobayashi's life, we have to talk really quickly about like competitive eating culture in Japan because mm-hmm. I, I relate it a lot to like professional wrestling like professional wrestling is huge in the states but it's fucking massive in Japan and right. like there's like this cola like this like kind of like parallel thing of like something being really popular in Americas and then it's really popular in Japan you know they right. exist like in the same universe but in totally different worlds yeah they're so it's this it's the same thing at heart but the way it's presented in Japan can seem so bizarre and quite literally foreign to us. And so right. <laughs> it's just very, it's really entertaining. I mean, yeah, Japanese TV in general, I mean, yeah. that could almost be a dump. It's just, too, but it's too massive of a thing to cover. But oh, Japanese yeah, for sure. TV programming is wild. Yeah. And, you know, so without you know it goes without saying that japan has a very unique food culture and on top of traditional dishes that are loved around the world japan has a specific pop culture fascination with food in the 1980s there was like super popular comics you know aka manga books about food as characters and i mean there's a big culture for like uh, replica food like fake plastic food that's like a really big thing over there mm-hmm. uh, like they're like the world leaders in making realistic fake food it's like but right. it, there's like museums and shit for that it's nuts um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and like vending machine culture is huge over there. There's all sorts of snacks, like every, like everything you could think of. And, and then it, you have, you know, sumo wrestlers. Sumo who, wrestling. You know, super traditional wrestling, but it's about these giant, you know, six, seven hundred pound men who eat, you know, 14 yeah. <laughs> bowls of rice. Vats of noodles. Right. Yeah. And it's like that's part of it. So as the 1990s began, Japan tele- like Japanese television networks created a standalone cooking show genre, the competitive cooking show. And Iron Chef is probably the best known example of this. And traditionally, cooking shows were meant to teach, you know, with a host explaining step by step how to complete dishes. But on Iron Chef, the goal was not to teach the viewers how to cook, but rather to feature top chefs from around the world competing in lightning rounds of cooking, pulling off dishes that the average viewer would never stand a chance at assembling, especially under the conditions of the show uh, and this fascination with competitive cooking evolved into competitive eating shows right. now real quick about iron chef to interrupt again uh a, fr- a friend of mine was just talking about how he was re-watching some of the early japanese iron chef it's and so I mean, nuts. With, without us getting into the research of it it feels like that you know took on and then iron chef went over to america and i remember yeah. that being a huge deal and i want to say just from memory that that could have been the spark of all these American-based Top Chef, whatever the fuck so. have you, sure. Um, because so that kind of like folded really nicely into all these competitive cooking shows that we see today. 
Yeah, so definitely. Iron Chef, OG. Iron Chef was insane because, yeah, like, first of all, there's, like, a guy dressed like a fucking, like, samurai emperor. And, like, <laughs> oh, at, at, yeah. and at the top of the show, he, like, introduces the secret ingredient. And, like, you never know what it's going to be. It's, like, fucking live octopus or fucking, right, like, right. Uh, poop. Or, I don't know. It's not poop. But, like, you know, just stuff like that. pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess they were given, like, they, they had access to, like, 4,000 ingredients or something like that. Like, that were just there on hand, and then everything had to be based around the secret one. But anyways, that changes into competitive eating shows. And eating contests have been around for decades and decades, but they were always reserved for, like, regional events or, like, restaurant-based competitions or challenges, like home of the biggest fucking steak or, you know, the three-gallon yeah, milkshake. fair, you know. In America, it feels like eating contests. Yeah, yeah, pie eating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and hot dog eating. And Japan was really the first, though, to televise these contests on a mainstream level. Two of the most popular eating competition shows were TV Champion and, more importantly to this dump, Food Battle Club. And Food Battle Club featured spectacular eating battles involving hundreds of bowls of ramen, rice balls, dumplings, and hot dogs. Six-foot-long hot dogs, to be exact. (laughs) That's so nice. I just want to take a look at one. You know, walk around it like I'm, like, buying a car, you know? Just, like, kick the tires on that sucker a little bit. But uh, (laughs) there were several competitors that became something of a celebrity in Japan who decided to take their skills overseas to what is considered the mecca of all eating competitions, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest at Coney Island, New York. Exactly. Now, before we get into – before we leave Food Battle Club – uh, one, I know I can one, talk about it all day. It's so cool. One interesting thing about that is that there was a copycat death related to. Food oh yeah, Club. oh yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. Th- and that that happened as Kobayashi's rise because he like made right. it cool to eat shit super fast. Right, right. Um, but basically, the a middle they they had a bread roll eating speed eating competition and a middle a middle schooler in japan tried to imitate that and choked on the bread roll and died and so that actually is what led to the cancellation of food battle club though japanese game shows also do have a history of getting canceled because japanese game shows like to take things really extreme and um, if you don't know anything about that, I mean, that may be a dump, too, because that I is a whole world. I saw a whole, um, there was, like, a special on Fox once when Fox was doing, like, you know, when animals attack and shit. We talked about this on a Patreon episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, there was one where it's, like, you won't fucking believe this j- these Japanese game shows. And, like, they put, like, meat on this person and then slide them underneath, like, a lion's cage. And, like, it's and, and then they have, like, you know, people in the cage with big fake paws, and they're, like, clawing at the meat. But it, to the person, it seems like the lion that's above you is, is really doing this and eating you. And, like, they're terrified. And, like, everyone's just like, oh, <laughs> like, just, like, going crazy yes, laughing the re- at this. The, rea- the reactions <laughs> is one of the really funny things. Um, the uh, Nasubi, the naked eggplant man, is a really <laughs> insane one where this guy just didn't have clothes for like over a year and he had to win them <laughs> by winning sweepstakes. So he was just naked on camera trying to win sweepstakes. Uh, also, before we leave, <laughs> so just sh- shout out to uh, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Oh, that was absolutely. A very yeah. pivotal part. Was of that a my- Japanese show? It was, was a Japanese Japan? show. And then they dubbed it. Yeah. That uh, was, dude, that's would, on Spike TV, dude. Yeah, Spike TV, which we're also talking. So we're, we're just riffing here, you know, some possible other things. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, most extreme elimination challenge. Very formative to not having shit to do in high school and just wanting to stay up late. 
Yeah, and that's available on, I think, Tubi right now. Uh, so you can watch. MXC is just great. So the Nathan's yeah. Hot Dog Eating Contest is shrouded in myth. It was believed that the first contest occurred in 1916 and continued every year with a couple of exceptions. However, in 2010, one of the promoters of the event, Morty Matz, cleared things up and explained that the timeline was embellished to beef up the story, but really officially sanctioned and recorded contest began in the early 1970s. And Nathan's famous hot dogs at Coney Island would hold hot dog eating contests for several holidays, including Memorial Day, Labor Day, and the 4th of July. And it's the annual 4th of July contest that holds all the glory. It's it's a big deal. I mean, this shit's on ESPN now, and it, it, that's not how it was, you know, originally, but it's turned into, a, like, a whole big fucking... I mean, this is, like, some NFL shit, you know? I mean, obviously, it's, it's not yeah, like... Million, well, it's like, I mean, it's like NFL, but you're talking, like, couple thousands instead of hundreds of millions. Right, but isn't it... But, I mean, as far as the attendance of these, doesn't it get into, like, the 20,000s? Like, like, 20, 30,000 people, yeah. I mean, that's... You know, 20, I, I meant the money. That, watching, I meant the money oh, that they the get. Oh, the money! Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. No, but no, still, no. Millions of people, people watch this shit. Yeah, it's a freak yeah. show. It's like twelve minutes of just like the most grossest shit you've ever seen. And uh, there's also just the the sort of this moral issue of like it's it kind of shows this extreme gluttony. You know, when you have starvation issues in other parts of the world, and you have like who can shove as most as much food as they Most can dog food hot dogs in their right. mouth yeah which gets into which we'll get into kobayashi later too but um yeah, yeah. E exactly now traditionally the folks who would compete and win the nathan's contest were men that looked like the kind of guy that would win a nathan's hot dog eating contest however very large individuals like la the, the, like the, the sumo, bears the sumo wrestler body type yeah, except the guy like like oh yeah, my name's Bruce. I'm from Staten Island. This is my fourth time. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. like like they already like they show up to the contest with mustard and hot dog shit on their shirts <laughs> right. already. Like it's just like another day in the trenches. But for they're them. they're gonna put rookie numbers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Out. And there's a science behind that. But uh, however, in the mid '90s, things began to change. Soon, the contest was being dominated by thin, felt Japanese contests or contestants. My bad. The physiques of these Japanese competitors seemed to undermine the entire culture of competitive eating in America. But what Americans did not realize was the tradition of competitive eating as a sport in Japan. And soon, the world of competitive eating would be hit. By a gluttonous tsunami. Ah, see what you did there. See, but I think that is a it is a really funny metaphor where it's sort of this. It, it kind of plays on certain stereotypes where it's like the American competitive eater is seen as this very large, overweight superpower. Man, yeah, and then the Japanese eater is this like scientific, skinny guy who is somehow like better at it. But you don't right. understand because, I mean, the obvious question is, where does it all go? How do right. you eat all these hot dogs and stay rail thin? Yeah, it, well, because they take care of themselves. Like, okay, so the reason why... That's like, like the sport. These, 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 exactly. The reason why these little guys can beat the giant fatsos is because... Uh, <laughs> I, have, I just wanted to use the word fatso. I, I haven't, like, heard that be used in forever. But anyways, um, there's something called, called the fat belt, which is a term used in competitive eating. And essentially what the science is is the bigger you are, the less your stomach can expand like because you're already stretched out so like these little guys that train like they have like they're able to like stretch out more because they're not already like at the brink 
mm-hmm. and it's, and they call it the fat belt. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's all these terms for this, and we'll we'll tell you why. So in 1997, that was a very important year for the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Brothers George and Richard Shea founded the MLE, a.k.a. Major League Eating. In 1997, you know, that they were working for a PR agency that handled the publicity for the Nathan's Contest, and they would show up and host it and stuff. And after years of working the event, the brothers decided to start an official organization for pro eaters, not unlike the NFL or NBA. And with the Shea brothers handling the PR and logistics of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, it became the Super Bowl of competitive eating overnight. 1997 was not not only the first year the contest was held under the MLE, but it was also the first year that a Japanese contestant destroyed the competition. Now, the Shea brothers are really fucking fascinating because George Shea, he's kind of the face of the operation. And he's on the stage every year dressed like a 1940s carnival barker, which again brings up these like, you know, mm-hmm. freak show right, vaudevillian right, right. vibes. But he's also like Vince McMahon. Like if you've seen the documentary Beyond the Mat, uh, where like, it shows Vince McMahon like in the office, like creating characters and stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. what George Shea is. Like he's constantly looking for an angle, and he's constantly like building this like you know the, the, like he. I mean, he's said like he's oh incredible. And, and when Kobayashi won, it's the Pearl Harbor. It's like Pearl Harbor, and like he's uh, like yeah. so yeah. insane. And like he, he no, like yeah. he creates. I think he says some of the most hyperbolically, like just. The things he says about hot dog eating, you could not, you would have never put them, the two and two together. Like the epic. This is a true contest of the gods. Right. (laughs) So he is a very good hype man. In, yeah, in, and, yeah, and, he is like it's like Vince McMahon exactly, and he's totally in on it. Like in the thirty for thirty, like he'll like say something and then just like look at the camera and like it's kind of like a wink and a smile, like because oh, he knows it's fucking food eating. There's there's one moment I don't remember, but I guess something happened and he was like, and I just cried my eyes out. And, I, I, and I know exactly when that like, is, and we'll get to that. I have it written down. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because that's so good. No, but one of the one of the great things that George Shea said uh, that I also had to have written down because I didn't want to forget it is his bowels are like a serpent coiled and ready to strike. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like amazing big, imagery. I mean. Yeah. So there's also the International Federation of Competitive Eating, and that's like the company under which the MLE operates. It's kind of confusing. Like MLE is the sport, like Major League Baseball, Major League, you know, blah, blah. But right. like, you know, that the MLE is the sport. The IFOCE is the company. Um, but we're going to just refer to it as MLE because they're the only one, you know, so mm-hmm. that, that's the deal. So Hirofimi Nakajima was the first Japanese contestant to win the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. He won the 1997 contest as well as the 1998 contest, and he completely altered the landscape of the competition. Nakajima was easily 50 to 100 pounds lighter than the other top competitors and utilized new techniques never before seen on the Nathan stage. And while his victory was upsetting to Americans, it was absolutely inspiring to a young Takiro Kobayashi who saw the unrecognized athletic potential the sport of eating held so 
this guy comes over to the States, you know, after being on Food Battle Club and stuff. He was kind of, like, known in Japan as, as this eater. Comes over, and, yeah, I think he ate, like, 25 dogs, and, and that was, like, a few more, just a few more than the record. Um, and then 1999, you know, so he won two years in a row, but 99 was won by a 300-pound American guy. And then 2000 was won by another Japanese eater, Katsutoyo R.I. And this is when the Shea brothers really start to ramp up this USA versus Japan angle. Because mm-hmm. what, what you win is, well, first of all, at the Nathan's Contest, you win ten grand, and and you win the mustard belt, which is like... The mustard, right. That's awesome. like the... Yeah, that would be the, so sick. I know, yeah. And it's like, um, it just looks like shit, too. Like, right. <laughs> also, I just want to say, right now, so like this new record as of like 98, 99 is 25 dogs. Yeah. Now, that is so disgusting to think about. <laughs> and this is about... 25 dogs is about to be such shit numbers compared to where we're going to go. You might don't even show up if you're eating 25 dogs. It's just weird to think about because I'm like doing the research and you're you're saying 25 and I'm like, oh, that's fucking, you know, I know it's about to get so crazier. And then I just had a moment of thinking about me eating 25 hot dogs. And that's so vile. I wanted to make this shit gets so crazy. Yeah, I had a couple ideas for some videos we could do uh, that were related to this, but not eating, not ones that involve eating 25 hot dogs. Um, but the, so this whole thing, that this predominant story of USA versus Japan, that would stay the angle that the MLE used for years to come. Um, and it's that's really, really vital to this story because George Shea, again, making everything so dramatic. It's like, we've been shamed. We need to bring the belt back to the States. And like, you right. know, are we going to like, this is on 4th and, of July on our soil. Like, right. you know, things and, are serious when they yeah. say soil, you know, <laughs> the soil. Yeah. Like, it's like saying the property, get off the prop, get off, <laughs> get the off property. my soil yeah. um, or the premises. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously because of Pearl Harbor, I mean, America has, you know, a number of beefs with certain countries, but there's always been sure. this deeply ingrained unique one because Pearl Harbor is one of the very few attacks on American soil. And so it does. And then, so it's like that, and, and there was also just in the 90s, uh, Japan in the early 90s emerged as like a huge business superpower and finally was like, right. it was like, oh shit, like Japanese business is like taking over. So there, it, it, in a way, there was somewhat of this rekindling of this. I mean, rivalries, putting it lightly in the scale of history, but in this hot dog <laughs> thing, there's a, there's a very nice marketable, if not extremely problematic um, right, yeah. little thing going on here with Japan. And, that, and that's the, that's like the whole thing. Like there's one, there's some footage of like one Nathan's contest where they have some old like folk singer on the stage. He's playing. He's like, we need to bring the belt back. And like, he's playing <laughs> like, and, and he's like, it's a dark day on the stage of the Nathan's hot dog eating contest at Coney Island because the damn Japanese got us once again. And yeah. it's just like, whoa. <laughs> it's crazy because and I mean, in a way, it's also I mean, it it is just so American, whether you, it's like it's the hot dog. I don't know. Right. It's just such, I, I can't really <laughs> yeah. get into it. I don't know how to explain it. 
but it's well, the hot uh, legend. Dog. Legend <laughs> has it that this was started by the whole thing was started, you know, way way back by like immigrants who who on Fourth of July like were just celebrating being in America because they were so happy to be here, and so they had a hot dog eating contest because hot dogs were like the food of the people, you know, hot dog vending carts and stuff like that, and right, blah blah blah. Right. Um, so and there was also qualifying contests throughout the year. So the IFOC or MLE they would do these contests like all around the country where it's like, okay, show up here and do this fucking like, hot dog contest or um, asparagus, like fried asparagus or fucking tacos or whatever it might be. And if you win, then you qualify to come to the Nathan's stage, you know? So, like, the mm-hmm. reason why there's some people on the stage at Nathan's that just get absolutely demolished is because maybe at the qualifying event they went to, there was only two other competitors and, like, one was, like, a goof, you know? So, like, then they get right. up there with, like, fucking pros and you're like, Regional oh. chumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. So, but all of those qualifying events, Japan just dominated basically all of them with very few exceptions. Um, so now it's time to get to the man, the the rise of the champion here. Having appeared on Food Battle Club and other televised eating contests in Japan, all of which he won, Kobayashi set his sights and stomach on the infamous Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Kobayashi decided he would treat the contest as an actual sport. He claims his eureka moment was when he realized that if he trained himself to eat one hot dog as quick as possible, rather than the entire platter in the time limit given, he could duplicate that process over and over. And through Mm -hmm. training and determination, he developed his signature method, which is now known as the Solomon Method. Which is disgusting. Yeah, it's okay. It's, so it's really gross, and we should talk about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, I, okay. So my idea for a video, like, I don't want to see how many hot dogs I can eat. I just want to see if I could eat like two hot dogs doing the Solomon method. The way just, he does it, it looks so gross. So basically, he, what you do yeah. is it's two dogs at once. You you take the dogs out of the bun and sm- and break them in half, and then you just like pummel those into your mouth like like kind of chewing kind of swallowing at the same time and with the other hand you have your your two buns that you dunk into water warm water right which he was neutralizes like this yeah he was very specific about the temperature of the water i mean this is where it gets into this science i mean the water can't be too cold it can't be too hot it has to be the right temperature that it basically according to kobayashi it will sort of make the bread like kind of disintegrate as quickly as possible so that you can it just neutralizes shove. the starch uh, right is what he right. said yeah and it just so and, then he shoves the bread the wet right bun in his yeah mouth. oh god that to me that's the killer dude like just There's like a, a like mushy wet bread like oh god. i think this is and then this is where it gets into this like again this kind of perverse gluttonous thing but then it also gets into the sport element of it but there's this great quote from Kobayashi where he's basically says something about how the key to winning these things is to stop tasting the food you're yes that's (laughs) which is such a mind fuck but when you watch him eat the hot dogs you're like that's not enjoyable like no. you want to, you. This isn't like, ooh, let me put ketchup and mustard on it and some pickles. <laughs> it's like, how do I? This is the process he figured out to put the hot dogs into his stomach as quickly as possible, and that yeah, and is the number it. one priority. Right, yeah. And, and yeah, again, it it just looks like disgusting, and like, it's but so gross. 
Yeah, I mean, but when he figured that out, it was like, fucking holy shit. And dude, like, you know, he uh, he was on Food Battle Club, and on Food Battle Club, he won $100,000, you know? So it's like, right. mm -hmm. like this is so much bigger than Nathan's, but Nathan's has the has the esteem, you know? It, it, right. has, it has the glory. Um, right. Also, it's worth noting that his father, like, he was, you know, Kobayashi's parents, he was really close with his mom. His dad uh, is a, you know like a, a big time Buddhist and he's a groundskeeper of a temple, like in a temple historian. And he always looked down on professional eating because first of all, it's against like Buddhist principles to like be so gluttonous. But also he said, you know, he grew up, you know, post world war two, they barely had anything to eat. So you would eat very slowly and kind of reflect and like be thankful for the food that you have. And right. then here's Kobayashi just like, Suck it right. down like fucking a million hot dogs. Exactly. There. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. There is this inherent sense, like, for a society to be able to do something like a food eating contest, it means that you have this overwhelming abundance of food. And so, yeah, Kobayashi's father is an interesting character of because, like, to him, the idea it's like very much this old world or especially if you survived world war ii of like rations and stuff where sure. you yeah where there's there's that mentality of like you should appreciate everything you have and not see how many hot dogs you can shove that in you your mouth eat, you fucking you know, sick you should fuck. be, yeah like be <laughs> thankful for every bite Kind of but thing. he also didn't necessarily like, hate it, and it wasn't like something that like destroyed their relationship or anything like that. It was just like, come on, dude, like that's what you're gonna, like, that's what right, you guys but, are doing right. now. But you're then eating, he, but like, he also made a lot of money from it, you know. So he's, yes, he, he's yes, taking he did. it to somewhere else. Yes, that, that's the whole thing. And I mean, he completely like we can't stress enough. Like this all sounds goofy, and it sounds like something that's not a big deal. Like this guy created a fucking sport. Like I mean, he really took it to the next level, and he took it to the next level on 4th of July 2001. So Kobayashi enters the contest as a rookie, 23 years old, 131 pounds, completely unknown. His introduction to the stage was met with laughter and doubt from the crowd. Laughter and doubt that would soon be silenced. Using his trademark method, Kobayashi ate laps around the competition. The previous world record for the most hot dogs eaten in a 12-minute period, a record that is always set at the Nathan's contest, by the way. For some reason, that's just like everything happens at Nathan's. I can't stress that enough. Uh, but the record was 25 hot dogs. Kobayashi, his first year, finished the bout with a grand total of 50 hot dogs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to say it yeah. was a shock would be an immense understatement. And on the 30 for 30, like, when you watch this footage of the 2001 Nathans, like, there's just, again, these giant, like, New York schlubs, you know, slamming dogs. And, like, they just, they run out of numbers. Like, they have, like, these official number signs, oh, or, like, yeah. girls uh -huh. that hold them out. And they literally run out because they never expected anyone to eat that much. So now you start seeing them being handwritten. And everyone's like, fuck. And, like, the guys, there's, like, this great thing where the guy next to Kobayashi turns and looks at him. And, like, hot dog just, like, falls out of his mouth because his jaw is just, like, agape. And, like, yeah. one guy's just, like, like mouth to the other guy. He ate fucking 50. And, like, yeah. <laughs> dude, it's, like. He just blew, and everyone's just like, holy fuck. And also seeing him do that method, no one had done that before. Even the guy, the Japanese guys like that went before him and came before him and won, they had like they would break it up or maybe eat the bun separate. They weren't doing this like dunk thing and they didn't have this rhythm down like he did because he trained and practiced and he right. also took really good care of himself. And like, you know, I love when he's like, Yeah, I don't eat hot dogs. Like, that's why I'm in mm -hmm. good shape. 
Because I just yeah. don't, I eat fucking hot dogs like two times a year, one to train and one to fucking win. Like, right, what the fuck? Right. Like, mm-hmm. these guys, they, they're eating this shit all the time. They're just here right. for the no, hot dogs. I'm here for the gold, yeah. He's in great shape. I mean, he's he's like ripped. The guy's ripped. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, but he's gone through these changes. Like he's so fascinating to me because like he is good looking, you know, and he, he kind of looks like he would be like a fucking Japanese like pop star. Mm-hmm. You know, and, he, and yeah. he wears like he's really stylish clothes and the fox red hair at one point. And like and yeah, he was like ripped and had like six pack abs and like giant fucking arms at one point. Like, he went through like a giant ripped phase. And right, then now right. he's in this like cool thing where, you know, he'd be like doing like a collab with like Blood Orange or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, like a cool yeah. hipster. Hipster yeah, phase. and like he just he goes through all these different phases. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Um, and this was also the first contest that they had with major media attention. Uh, it would soon be aired on ESPN and Sports Center. And yeah, I like just again the shock on the on the guys' faces. It's priceless. The following year, Kobayashi was soaring to superstardom. In 2002, Fox aired The Glutton Bowl, which was a multi-round eating contest that tested even the most skilled eaters. The final challenge of The Glutton Bowl was cow brains. And Kobayashi ate 17 pounds of it, which is insane, and won the competition. But I think The Glutton Bowl was total bullshit, okay? Because there's... There's amazing. I mean, to watch someone eat a ton of anything is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But they had them eat shit that like you don't eat. Like that's like okay, first round butter, like just butter. Right. Like and then well, next round, like fucking flour. Like you know, it's like stuff that's like, dude, that like you don't go to a restaurant and order butter, true. and you definitely don't just eat cow brains completely by itself. And that's where the no tasting thing, by the way, really helped him out. Right with the brains. I think that you know. So you had the show Fear Factor, hosted by Joe Rogan, debut in uh, 2001. And a big element of Fear Factor was eating like live roaches, eating spiders, eating brains, eating cow testicles. So I think that there was... This is also starting to, again, fold into this other... This like, ooh, like this is a goldmine for programming, kind of bringing like freak show type uh, performances onto onto the screen. Right. It it really makes them like freaks because now it's like instead of like a contest, it's like watch this freak eat 17 pounds of cow brains. Right. It's like the geek, you know, at the at the old freak shows that would bite the head off a chicken. It's like watch this like mentally challenged man fucking rip a head off of a live animal with his mouth. Like this is Mm -hmm. like watch this tiny Japanese guy eat fucking 17 pounds of brains. His his completely his size and going against the type absolutely added to the marketability and like you said sort of this vaudeville freak show nature because it's again where does it all go that's the kind of yeah the The toilet (laughs) spoiler (laughs) (laughs) but also so right around this time is what you were talking about this is 2002 so yeah a young boy choked to death at school imitating the bread roll contest and so japan Mm -hmm. basically like they took all the competitive eating shows off tv they kind of shut down events you know it was it wasn't like a thing anymore so america becomes like the hub for professional eating right at the same time that ESPN and sports center are putting the Nathan's contest on once a year. And like Fox is doing this. So it's like, like right when there wasn't any competition to have like another professional eating circuit is when it just exploded, uh, in the biggest way it ever has. Mm-hmm. So, Kobayashi went on to decimate many of the biggest eating competitions in America, like the Alka-Seltzer Open, 
The <laughs> it's so fucking funny, dude. Oh shit! Uh, the Crystal Burger Square of the World contest and uh-huh. many many others. His celebrity was growing as well. He appeared in a Coors beer commercial, a Mastercard commercial. Like you know, remember those Mastercard commercials where it's like for everything else, there's Mastercard. Yes, or absolutely. or 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 where it's like priceless. Like mm-hmm. this, this blah blah blah, that blah blah, this priceless. Yeah, it's like that. Where like him and the some girl are like arguing over who's gonna pay in a convenience store, and so like they scarf their shit like super fat. I don't know. It's like right, everything right. has to do with him scarfing his shit. Um, mm-hmm. But he was also mentioned on The Simpsons. He had his own cartoon on SNL uh, for a while that was just like about him, like as like a superhero. And he was right. also parodied in an episode of King of the Hill when Bill becomes a pro eater. They like name a guy like so, like like to, like they switch the letters around. So it's Takira Kobayashi, but it's like Kabero Tobiashi mm, right, kind right. of a thing. Um, in that crystal competition, like, you know, crystals is a pretty regional thing. Like, they don't have them in, in California, but it's I like White Castle. Crystal. Yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. Well, I me too. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. No, yeah. No, but it it's makes fantastic. your farts smell like trash, dude. <laughs> like, it's such, it's, <laughs> it's such foul <laughs> meat. It's like yeah. the worst quality meat, but I can't. I it was just. I think I had a crystal, <laughs> you know, like the perfect moment in elementary school, and I was like, "This is so cool." And so I still. I mean, it, now to be fair, it's been probably two years or so since I've had one. Um, Trader, but fuck, man, crystal. Yeah, Whew. but fuck, love, man. Love that um, shit. <laughs> no, there's one. There's a crystals on a. Uh, like on Bourbon Street in New Orleans and oh, like I, and I've been there you know several times and they have like a bar that's set up inside that's like separate from Crystals but it's a bar inside Crystals and they serve like drinks to go I literally got four sliders and a mint julep once <laughs> like from, a, from a crystal burgers dude it's it's Whoa. out of control but 97 of them and and he was doing the dunking and everything and now mm-hmm. at the crystal competition i don't believe they allow dunking because what they find and like th- this is disputed the dunking in the water thing because what they find is that pieces come off you know and maybe a little chunk of a bun here and there it's not a big deal but when you have no, 97 of them you have yeah. like several buns worth like and, that are I essentially mean, falling off and the bread is what's really going to fill you up so i mean eating the bread is yeah, that could is, totally is crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And uh, also, the Alka Seltzer open. By the way, it's like different foods every time, but it's always like bar foods. It's like okay, first round mozzarella sticks, next round wings. All mm-hmm. right, now jalapeno poppers. Now, like, but then one time it was literally just like a four course Italian dinner. So it's like Spaghetti. you had to eat like a yeah, and like salad. Like mm-hmm. watching a guy eat salad as fast as possible is really bizarre. Because like A, it's salad. B, like there's no good way to go about it. And like there's footage of Kobayashi like like holding multiple utensils in his hands. Like, okay, should I use a f- like no, I can't use a fork. It'll stab me. Like I go too mm-hmm. fast. So then he has spoons and he's holding right. like two spoons in each hand, trying to like devise his method that he's gonna like pummel salad into his face you could just t- <laughs> like it looks hilarious but right. it's really serious to him yeah and i was the, uh, competing. i was the ref for a wing eating contest one time oh yeah how'd that go it was fun it was very fun and but it was like i had to make a lot of snap decisions because of like <laughs> with wings you know like you gotta right, that- like i mean i wasn't like you know not necessarily every piece but i had to make these decisions like did you eat everything off of right. it 
right. at once. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Exciting. Well, and I'll talk about a wing eating competition uh, later because actually, like one of the highest attended, like actually the highest attended eating contest is not Nathan's; it's a wing contest. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, while his star was on the rise, there was a new competitor laying in wait: Joey Chestnut. And Joey came from a totally different background than Kobe and admired him greatly. But after losing to Kobe in several different competitions, his admiration turned to frustration. And he decided to train full time to take the champion down. And yeah, Joey Chestnut, like that's that's like the American champion. That's why people love him now in, mm-hmm. in the MLE. Like I'm team Kobe all the way. He's just a far more interesting character to me. Yeah. But Joey Chestnut, he's like, you know, in my family, um, food was comfort. Like, we ate, you know? And, uh, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, we get a large pizza on the way home, and it wouldn't even make it home. Right, And, like, right. you know, and just, like, eating, like, tons of stuff. And what's funny about their difference in training is Joey Chestnut does eat, like, 60 hot dogs on a weekend, like, to right. train. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> Which is right. so bizarre. And he also does, like, like, he invented, like, all these, like, home workout apparatus things for fucking like strengthening his jaw yeah the jaw right. thing which is funny because i and feel you like you could tell it works because he's got this like crazy like ken doll jaw like this gi right. jaw a gi jaw and, I, and was, I, yeah, jaw. I was just gonna say he's ahead of his time because then that became like a tiktok trend of yeah. dudes doing the, these jaw exercises and getting these like freakishly the fat cheekbones yeah built jaws so right yeah that that's the whole thing. Yeah, it's like, what does that mouth do? You know, what does that uh, it, mouth it, do? It eats uh, many, many hot dogs, like dozens. <laughs> yeah. So now it's the downturn. You knew it was coming. So in 2007, that was a very rough year for the boy Prince of Gluttony. The champion Kobayashi lost his mother to cancer, and it affected him deeply. Kobe was raised primarily by his mother, and she supported him throughout his entire career, citing his courage and resilience as her motivation to complete chemotherapy treatment. Without the support of his mother, Kobayashi decided to retire. However, during a qualifying event for the Nathan's contest, Joey Chestnut beat his record. And knowing that he no longer held the crown for the most hot dogs eaten in a 12-minute period, he decided to enter the contest and earn back his title. However, while training, he injured his jaw muscles, causing the surrounding tissue to become inflamed, which of course made it hard you know, to do his style of competitive eating. And the announcement of his injury was met with skepticism. And with the new record holder on the Nathan stage, the crowd jumped ship and threw their support behind Chestnut. And this is where that USA versus Japan shit really gets heavy. Right. Yeah. People like he was very close. Kobayashi was very close to his mother and her passing really, really, uh, you know, upset him. And I mean, the t- it is one of those things where the timing of it, it couldn't it, it is perfect, it couldn't have been worse perfect yeah. drama because now he has to defend his crown and then the jaw injury is a perfect example of like a it's like what could make him turn heel because it's like oh yeah. you're scared like everyone thought he was scared because of the timing of oh like it was a week or two before the competition and now my jaw is injured which i mean again in this absurd world you're like you would never even think of something like that. But these people right. are training their well, jaws so much that yeah. that is that's your money maker. Sure. Yeah. And and you know, like also, you know, the Shea brothers are so good at like making all this seem like it's not guys eating a lot of hot dogs. Like they right. really ramp up the drama. Mm-hmm. And there's like a great like these great ESPN interviews with like Joey Chestnut where he's like, <laughs> I mean, 
if he said he hurt his jaw two weeks before I beat his record, it'd be one thing. But two weeks right. after, hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. And exactly. like they're just like like, and then you have the Shea Brothers on stage where it's like the American. Let's hear it for our boy Joey Chestnut, and then the returning champion Kobayashi, mm-hmm. and everyone boo. Yeah, because now everyone. Because they really yeah. want this, yeah. They really want like the, the belt to come back, uh-huh. yeah, to yeah. American soil. You know, it's like this yeah. whole thing, and it's on Fourth of July. And you know, Kobayashi said that he really enjoyed having Chestnut around because he was actually a competitor. Like Kobayashi would just literally dominate every single thing that he did without anyone coming close. So to have someone to, to actually like fight against, he said, made it like fun, and he finally felt like okay, now it's a real sport because mm-hmm. before. Before I was just the guy that could eat more than everyone. Now there's now it's anyone's game, you know, right, kind right. of a thing. And he recognized that. But you know, Chestnut again. There's a difference in Japanese competitive spirit and American competitive spirit, and that's right. like really explained in this thirty for thirty. Where like in Japan, it's like, you know, you really shake hands and you're both part of this thing. Where in America, it's like I'm gonna fucking kill, like I'm gonna kill the fan of you're the person boo, I don't like, heckle, yeah. throw things like. Yeah, and especially yeah, that wrestling sort of the the heel mentality of like fuck Absolutely. this guy, you know, fuck his children, fuck his family, you know, like just say getting really riled up, you know. Right. Exactly. And and also, you know, it's just a great rivalry because you have this guy who is so close. I mean, dude, can you imagine like just picture being at a hot dog eating contest and you eat so much you're like literally causing irreparable damage to your body mm-hmm. and you lose by like one hot dog. Like the guy yeah. next to you ate 61 and you ate 60 and you're just <laughs> like, "What the fuck was that off? I might as well have eaten zero. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. fuck. Like like and that kept happening to Joey and you would see this like to, like there, there's this great um I want to shout out to Crazy Legs Conti who's like he he's this really interesting character I'd love to get him on the show he like he does competitive eating and he has dreads and he's always wearing like a top hat that's like his signature right but, right right but he's also like just known for doing contests like all over like there's a documentary called a million in the morning um which had a very uh now problematic uh, creator but uh the documentary is about the um like when netflix came out as a promotional thing they built this little like living room in the middle of times square with all these tvs and recliners and these people were going to compete to see who could watch the most movies right and beat the world record for the most movies watched it's like straight Mm -hmm. and it's like 56 movies or something and they were all movies that were like available on netflix Mm -hmm. and stuff and like it was like a big glass dome so onlookers could like watch like crazy legs is there but he's in this 30 for 30 as kind of the competitive eating historian yeah and he was also Uh like an announcer Uh and stuff and he's kind of like the guy he's like the jim Cornette of competitive eating right because right. like, like he, he just knows there. he i was yeah. there man yeah, yeah and there's like great footage of uh of joey like losing at a crystals at, at one of the crystals uh square of the world competitions like he literally ate 90 like like 92 crystals or something kobayashi beat him by like three and these guys are eating them all at once so essentially that's like one and crazy legs goes up to joey and he's like dude hey man hey i mean 93 crystals like dude you ate 93 crystals bro like that's not bad and like joey just looks like he's gonna cry so like this rivalry is really getting ramped up the two competitors were virtually neck and neck the entire contest in 2007 with chestnut taking the lead about halfway through then the worst thing that could happen to a pro eater happened to Kobayashi. He had what is known in the MLE as a reversal. <laughs> AKA he fucking barfed, but he ate the barfed 
and that which is like, metal as fuck. Which is me- yeah, barf eaters playing tomorrow, dude. Let's go. Um, but fucking dude, it's the you want to talk grotesque freak show shit, dude. Like watch, like okay, when he throws up, it looks like a hot dog factory. Like that's like the mashed mm-hmm. up shit that's gonna yeah. be put into the dogs. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he, but yeah, he like slurps it down. And it's just like oh, like, I'm getting sick like thinking about it, and it's, it takes a lot nasty. for me to feel sick. Yeah. So when the bell rang, Kobayashi suffered his first loss on the Nathan stage, ending his six-year reign. His 63 dogs, he's, he's getting more and more, though, right? He started at 50, now it's 63. Mm-hmm. Right. But he lost to Chestnut 66 and completely changed the dynamic of the crowd and ushered in a new era of professional eating. That same year, Spike TV, which is a dump in itself, like a network for dudes, like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> what the right. fuck? Like the man show, but make it a channel. Yeah. Uh, th- they hosted the Battle of the Bird, which was uh, announced by George Shea and Crazy Legs Conti. Um, and the Battle of the Bird was a Thanksgiving themed eating contest, and they had to devour an entire turkey. Ugh. And Kobayashi lost. And, like, he, like, at one point, he's literally just, like, mashing it up with one hand and, like, shoving it into his face with the other, and then just swallowing following the pieces whole like like he's just shitting turkey like that right i mean the way he's he tells it is i mean like his mom was such a huge supporter of him and it really just his mom's dying of cancer really just threw him off and kind of through his purpose of doing this off but then there was he wanted to retire but then someone beat him and he's like pressure yeah so it it is like but you know he's just he's kind of he's not He's not in it. He's not in it anymore. His head. He's, like, exactly. Head the game, kid. Yeah, and he had the jaw thing, which in the MLE they call jawthritis. Jawthritis. Uh, which, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is the whole thing. So, yeah, Kobayashi lost, and it was clear to the viewers that a spark was lost inside of the former champion. And that's when George Shea is talking in, in the 30 for 30, and he's like, you know, Kobayashi, uh, when he lost you, you just tell there was something gone. The, the the flame had gone out, and I went back to my hotel room and I wept, I wept. And then he and, like and looks at the, the camera like well, like I didn't weep, but well, like well, it sounds cam- funny. <laughs> the interviewer is like, "You wept," and then he just like, "I wept," and he has this huge <laughs> smile on his face, like because <laughs> he knows how goofy it is to like cry because the guy lost a turkey eating contest. Though, like, to be fair, in this documentary, Kobayashi is crying very real tears many times many times um, yeah. but again his fucking mom died so yeah it's some sad slack. man it i mean i really sad. like kobayashi he's likable as fuck he's, you know yeah he seems like a very likable guy yeah um however that he did beat joey in a eating contest that year um that very little uh you know not so well known it was a pizza hut sponsored contest a promotional stunt for their item the pizone Right, that was like you they, folks like might remember a calzone, right? Yeah, it's a yeah, calzone. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a yeah. no, dude. It's a pizone. Pizone. It's pizone. Not, it, yeah, pizone. Yeah, yeah. Spelled yeah. totally differently. It's a totally different thing. Um, but yeah, I remember that shit. The pizones. He ate like seven pizones in like four minutes. Like, well, since... Papa, that ain't shit on Papa John's, right? You heard about all that. Papa, what, he ate Papa John's. Uh, the guy he claimed he's he ate eight hundred Papa John's pizzas. Uh, in the last 18 months. God, um, why? Uh, it's a whole thing because, you know, he got kind of booted out of the company for dropping some racial stuff. 
Oh, the Papa John. Okay, the I thought Papa you meant John. just some guy. No, no, the yeah, Papa I, John. I know that Papa yeah, John, yeah, yeah. like that he ate like shitloads of pizza. Right, but he's made another. He's he's already made one claim about eating a ton of pizzas, and I guess his sample size the first time was like I ate like twelve pizzas in a week, and now he's saying he's eaten eight hundred in eighteen months <laughs> to to mark the decline of the product since he's left. Is the point? But it's, so as they got shittier, you kept eating them. <laughs> well, to, so that he can prove his point. I mean, he's like some weird, like, I don't know, racist scientist. I don't know what's... <laughs> I'm going to prove that you guys never should have kicked me out of the restaurant by eating 800 of these things that are shitty and getting worse all the time. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. joke's on you, bud. <laughs> you know. Yeah. The, the following year, 2008, was also not kind to young Kobayashi. After signing with a Japanese sports talent agency, it was discovered that his contract with the MLE forbade him from competing in non-sanctioned events and also restricted his public appearances, and he was trapped by his contract. This is classic, and he didn't know because there wasn't any precedent for this kind of shit, you know? So like Kobayashi probably signed the very first professional eating contract, right? You know, right. Mm-hmm. like, and, and, and yeah, like, and at the time it was, it was small, you know, they didn't have like, now there's MLE events all year round. And like these people live off of this shit, but like back then there really wasn't that many, but if you were not able to go and do like regional ones or make appearances, then like, what the fuck, you know what I mean? Then right. you have to do something else. And that sucks. So at the 2008 Nathan's contest, it was announced that rather than the traditional 12-minute time limit, the time would be cut down to 10 minutes. And on top of that, the amount of water cups the eaters could use for drinking or dunking was limited to six, whereas before there was no limit. They would just keep bringing them back to you. Um, And this not only made the competition more difficult, but it also added an element of danger. Against all odds and for the first time in the history of the contest, there was a tie. And George Shea, being the quick thinker he is quickly devised a sudden death scenario where each eater was given five hot dogs and the first to clear the plate and their face would win and by a hair chestnut won. the people had a new champion and it seemed that the mustard belt had returned to the usa for good now this yeah. the sudden death thing is even disputed like it's disputed on both sides as as being fair and chestnut even says that he raised his hand before maybe like like swallowed. right before he had completely yeah. swallowed and Kobayashi mm-hmm. saw that and slowed down for like the split second it took mm-hmm. for chestnut to swallow and then chestnut won right so that that seems like kind of bullshit also when I say it added an element of danger it's it's very real because now there's like they risk choking. You know, because they're so used to eating like the soggy stuff and it just sliding down. Now there's like a choking aspect, which is, you know, it killed a kid in 2002. So it's very real. Mm -hmm. Now, 2009 was the last time Kobayashi competed in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. But this time something was different. The lighthearted competitive spirit was gone and he found himself the target of what can only be described as racist hecklers. He lost once again, this time to a cacophony of boos and pro-USA rhetoric that carried on after the contest had ended. Now, there's literally footage like, go home, Shanghai boy. Right, like, calling him Shanghai boy and he's a <laughs> Japanese guy. I mean, it's just... Yeah, and then like they say, like, yeah, I mean, just like any... 
of the worst anti-Asian shit ever is being thrown at at him and go Joey Chestnut. And he talks about being on the street after the contest, like walking around and someone like hanging out of their car is like, USA, USA. And he like starts crying and he's like, I felt just so unwelcome. And like, you mm-hmm. really feel for him. Like it makes it sad. It's really sad because he like loved America and American culture. And he was like the darling of like, he was such like a, a, figure a public figure he was on so much shit he was on um oh i want to make a correction on something i had said on a past episode um i we had i forgot what episode it was but we were talking about man versus beast Mm -hmm. which i believe came out in 2002 it's where they put like humans against animals doing different things they put kobayashi against a grizzly bear and i had always said that i had always remembered it as kobayashi winning because the bear like just didn't know what was going on no the bear demolished him Mm -hmm. yeah because the bear can eat like six of these fuckers at once right right um yeah, so that I just wanted to correct myself because I know I said Kobayashi won that. Um, <laughs> never above correcting ourselves <laughs> here on Culture Dumps, especially when it comes to hot dogs. Right. So but yeah, it's, yeah, but yeah, it it kind of this fall from grace, and it's kind of you know um, insult to injury kind of thing. He's already lost, and then now it's this. It gets very like xenophobic, kind of just like yeah, go it's back the to Shea your Brothers country. Pushing yeah. yeah, go back to your country. Yeah, like all this fucking shit that the Shea Brothers were pushing forever. And I don't think they realize, like, like this shit only works if he keeps winning. Like, if he loses, it's like, yeah, get out of my country shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because the spectacle is gone. Like, like the, the mysticism surrounding Kobayashi was gone because someone else broke the record. So now we don't need this Japanese guy. We just have our American guy, Joey Chestnut, right. and fuck off with all that other shit. And that's like... You know, what what was being pushed. Now, in 2010, Kobayashi officially resigned from MLE. He felt his personal freedom to compete when and where he wanted was much more important than the publicity part, you know, that, that being a part of the MLE brings you. But that didn't stop him from attending the Nathan's contest that year. After being spotted in the crowd, there was a surprising uproar of cheers and chants for the former champion to take the stage. He rushed the stage because everyone was saying, let him eat, let him eat, let him eat. And like, bring him up because like, I guess there was you know, a scandal and the news that broke that he, he had trouble or whatever. And he really thought that like, if enough people cheer for him, like they'll let him eat but no they're not going to do that like that's just not how how right, it works right so he rushes the stage and he gets arrested and like mm-hmm. he's like resisting like for being like you know kind of i mean he's granted he's like ripped but these are some big you know coney island cops on him and he's like not letting go of the railing and they like really have to like force him out and he gets arrested and uh but the you know right the Charges were later dropped. It was nothing, but, but it was more of like a spectacle than everything. And he had a free Kobe shirt on, <laughs> right? But then, um, and then in 2011, uh, he so again he's protesting the MLE, and he had he simultaneously while the actual official Nathan's contest right. was going on. He on July 4th in Manhattan at a rooftop. He did his just his own timed 12 minute hot dog eating and he had he ate 69 which technically broke <laughs> nice yeah technically broke the record but again it wasn't like part it's of the not official so it's MLE, not recognized. and so it in that record of 69 wouldn't get broken until a few years later when chestnut does break it um right with 70 but it's kind of that interesting thing where now it's like there's this whole he's like i gotta stand up 
you know, for what I believe in. And I'm not going to, you know, fuck this contract, fuck the MLE. And it's not that I'm still, it's not that I can't <laughs> like compete. ECW. It's not that I'm admitting defeat. It's like, it's about my freedom, you know? And so yeah. it, it does, you're like, holy shit. I didn't know all this was going to happen when I got into a hot <laughs> yeah. dog eating. Well, I, I first heard about all this stuff. I mean, obviously I knew about Kobayashi, but like I first heard about like the drama and the Shea brothers and all that stuff um, from a documentary called Hungry, which is like just amazing. And it follows like YouTube eaters like Matt Stoney is like a really big mm -hmm. one. Um, and he actually beat Chestnut, I think one year. But Chestnut is like the, the, the hot dog guy now. But like, you know, yeah. And they, and they go through all this and it shows when Kobayashi beat it. But yeah, it's not not sanctioned. So it's not recognized. Um, there's also a great Joey Chestnut moment where he gets off the stage after just winning and like eating like 60 blah, 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 hot dogs. And mm -hmm. this reporter's like, how do you feel? And he's like, hungry. <laughs> it's like <fucking> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so, insane. Chestnut this year, 2021, ate 76. <laughs> so he's and that's what's crazy is no one's coming close to him but i guess people are still going to the event just to watch him beat his own personal record sure yeah uh, you just want to see a guy eat a lot of fucking hot dogs i mean that's worth it to me <laughs> dude like i would fucking go to that 100 percent. i bet it dude and i guess like the smells and like the like things that happen on stage are just like disgusting like people like shit themselves they piss themselves oh, they're gross. they're burping there's farting there's like just the smell of all these hot dogs people are sweating out like the meat sweats are just like insane <laughs> there, people are throwing up like and that all that's happening and uh, as far as like the poop thing goes cuz all these guys are always asked they're like yeah it's a lot of poop like it's it's basically <laughs> the, answer. the answer. They're, they're like, imagine if you ate sixty fucking hot dogs. Like, yeah, you'd have a lot of shit. Like, yeah. it's like my dad calls it cresting the water when it's like, <laughs> bra like oh, God. <laughs> breaks breaks the water. Like, yeah, that's happening. Like, like the one guy, the one pro eater, he does this thing where he takes this tiny Tupperware container. And he shoves as many marshmallows as he can into it, like packing them in. He's like, so now you see that like a whole bag of marshmallows fits in this tiny little container. Watch what happens when I dump the marshmallows out. And he dumps them out and they all grow back to like the full size. He's oh, like, that's what happened. God. Yeah. I also read a scientific study, like literally from a medicine journal that I found on some scholarly resource site um, about where like these like physicians did like a study on like the effects and like there's like some pretty bad shit that can happen to you i mean besides the jaw thing you can have tears in your stomach tears in your intestines like your esophagus can like feel... fucking like stretch out like yeah. also something something that happened to kobayashi um that made it difficult for him to compete was his stomach would would expand so much that it would shift his other organs and would literally push his lungs up like even just like a fraction of an inch and that would make it difficult to breathe like yeah, it's so like he could and get Shit. his breath while he would eat like it's fucking real it's nuts I, yeah i mean i feel like just the acid reflux of like create your body creating that much stomach enzymes yeah. to break all that shit down it's like that your body's like going working because i mean that's part of it digesting requires sure. work from your body you know like that's why if you eat that's why these guys work out because right. you have to have like a high metabolism yeah, yeah. that's why it. when you eat a lot of food you shut down because your body is like it can't handle it yeah. you know my favorite so. high <laughs> <laughs> just fucking laying on my tongue fucking yeah dude i honestly though and i got i'm just gonna be truthful i really want a fucking hot dog right like i'm craving a hot dog there uh, there's i mean right i feel now. you dude there's like a little hot dog spot near my house that i've i've, go, I've been going to like about once or twice a month I'm not gonna lie and not <laughs> and not related to this whatsoever it's just uh yeah 
I you're fa- going to show I up next it. time. You're going to be like, do you have a timer and 68 hot dogs? <laughs> I found it on my route. And when I uh, feel like I deserve a little treat, I pop in and get a, get a that's hot nice. dog. <laughs> that's nice. That's, that's nice. That's nice. I like that. I like that a lot. When I worked at a weed store, I worked by Pink's Hot Dogs, super famous hot dog place. And I would just poke my head out the door. If there wasn't a line, I'd run down and get, get my dogs. But then also, and, uh, what was it? There was like a, new, a study recently, like this year, where it was like, Hot dogs are the worst thing you could eat. It was like eating one hot dog removes. <laughs> it's like smoking a thir- carton of smoke. No, like it removes thirty minutes off your life expectancy. Something, Bullshit. something like that. <laughs> if that was true, Kobayashi would be fucking dead because he's eaten like years worth of death. Like <laughs> and like, of I, death. like yeah, our, yeah. They're minutes, playing tomorrow yeah. too, mm-hmm. dude. All this hot dog shit. This is fucking a metal ass subject. Anyways, life after the mustard belt. Never to be one to allow himself to be held back. Kobayashi continued to compete in non MLE competitions, most notably the Wing Bowl in 2012, where he won the twenty thousand dollar cash prize after eating three hundred and thirty four wings in thirty minutes. God. Dude, <laughs> that's, that's so, so gnarly. So, I've never even seen 334 yeah. wings. Like, and that's also the funny part. It's like when Kobayashi shows up, like people run out of shit. Like they're like, "Fuck!" Like we didn't know you. Like you were gonna eat 334 wings. We have like 500 to share with everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, yeah, and that shit's held actually in a stadium. That wing bowl and like it's it's way more attended than the Nathan's, but like because it's more of a regional thing where everyone in the city is like, oh fuck yeah, like wing bowl. Nathan's is the one that's on ESPN like mm-hmm. fucking every year because they have a deal with the MLE. Uh, he also participates in a large scale taco eating contest and still makes personal appearances around the world. Most recently, Kobayashi has been known to compete against the Nathan's broadcast and has even beat Chestnut this way, but the victory again not recognized as it was unsanctioned. Just Joey Chestnut continues to be the MLE golden boy. He's now able to eat more than 70 hot dogs during the contest. He has his own line of condiments as well. And George Shea has claimed in interviews that he has repeatedly asked Kobayashi to return to the MLE, but it seems that that ship has sailed. Woo! Goddamn. Yeah. But he's still out there. You know? He's still out there. I follow him on Instagram. He does cool, like fucking hip Japanese guy shit. Like wears awesome clothes and like goes to interesting <laughs> places. Like, yeah. like uh, all, the, one of my favorite scenes in the Thirty for Thirty uh, about all this is when he's at his own appearance. Like he's making an appearance where he's gonna eat like a bunch of hot dogs super fast, and he goes up to like order hot dogs for himself, like to actually eat, like for like right. a snack. Yeah. And he's like, uh, one with this and one with that. And the lady's like, okay, and your name? And he's like, Kobayashi. And she's like, what? Right. And it's right. like, like, but like, there's something really strange about Kobayashi enjoying a hot dog. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, he does these like personal appearances, I guess, these like small events, and it's kind of like when a band gets really big, and then the lead singer does like DJ set. You know, yeah. like it's like that's what he's like <laughs> acoustic. Yeah, he's Kobe like, I'm not going to do the whole set. thing, but, you know, you for like a couple hundred bucks, I'll slam eight really quick. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, oh, man, I don't know why my brain works like this. I was like, oh, yeah, it's like in in fucking boogie nights when fucking like, or, or, or like when Mark Wahlberg is just like, fuck, like, OK, I guess I'll just jerk off in front of this guy in his truck for like a hundred bucks. Right, like, right. You, you can, you can like, monetize all this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ah, that's dark. So what does it all mean? (laughs) (laughs) I guess it means that there will always come a time to pass the torch. But as long as money is involved in competitive events, the champion will always be the person favored by the industry bigwigs. And that is unfortunate. Kobayashi captured the imagination of millions of people and is still regarded as the most legendary eater in the history of the sport. That's right. It is a sport. It's comforting to know that he is secure with his place in history and there hasn't been any long-term damage to his body which cannot be said for you know plenty of the other competitive eaters. Kobayashi is a true underdog that soared high above the expectations of his audience, and for that, we love him. Underdog? Oh, my fuck. Uh. Damn. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Bullshit. Uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be posting so many videos of competitive eating things and like oh, articles yeah. and stuff on our Patreon. So make sure you guys subscribe to patreon.com slash culture dumps. For those of you that already have, thank you for your continued support. It means a lot. Um, make sure you guys are following us on Instagram, all you know, at culture dumps. And more importantly, whatever you're listening to this on, like rate it, subscribe to it, you know, share it on your Instagram. Like, you know, just help us out in those little ways it, it really does you know uh alter the course of history in the dump world when when you hit the five stars or leave a little mm-hmm. review even if you hate it i don't care yeah. um just just get those numbers if you hate up. it still give us five stars yeah yeah fuck it yeah what, what does it matter to you you know <laughs> like fuck it you can also send us emails at uh culture dumps at gmail.com i'm ryan lichten i've been joined by parks miller keep on dumping <laughs>